the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red blood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Once again, for those of you who may be tuning in to hear the voices of Brad Geiger and Neil Langland, fear not, they're okay. They will be back for some preview episodes for spring practices. For now, however, we are continuing with our series of interviews with CU student-athletes. I am joined for this episode by CU hurdler, Reese Renz. Reese is a sophomore on the CU track and field team, currently competing in the indoor track season, soon to become the outdoor track season. Reese came to CU from Bakersfield, California, and her recruiting story is one you won't want to miss hearing about. We will also talk about how she came to run track and field, what it was like moving to Boulder, sight unseen, and how she's doing in her second season running for the black and gold. This podcast is a slight departure from our normal areas of emphasis, but over the course of the 20 interviews of the See You at the Game NIL campaign, we'll be taking a few roads less traveled, and I hope you'll happily come along for the ride. So, what is it like to be recruited for an Olympic sport, especially in a COVID year in which there was little or no track and field events in the state of California? What is a day in the life like for a CU track and field student athlete? And what connection do Reese and I share? A connection that goes back over four decades. Let's find out. Okay. And we are back, and I made the mistake of not making sure I knew how to pronounce your last name, so I'll let you introduce yourself to our podcast group here. Hi, guys. I'm Reese Renz, and I'm a hurdler at the University of Colorado. Nice to be on here today. Very good. And you're a sophomore? Yes, sophomore this year. Okay. And where where do you hail from? What? Uh, how did you get to Boulder? Um, so I'm originally from Bakersfield, California, which is kind of like on that central southern little mark of California right there. I came to Colorado um, after really wanting to stay in a warm state, although I think Colorado is pretty beautiful that once I saw it, I couldn't couldn't say no. And I liked the community and the culture here with the whole track program. So that's okay. kind of how I ended up here. Very good. So um, you have you come from a family of athletes. Your dad was an athlete, a football player, and a track athlete? Yeah, yeah. So he played football and ran track at Boise State. Um, he was also a hurdler, so I think it kind of runs in the family at that point. 
Um, but it was kind of fun growing up, you know, he'd always kind of have us jokingly do hurdle drills. I can remember being in the front yard, you know, jumping over PVC pipe turtles. And it was, it was all good times, the Ritz household. Wow. So did you grow up in, in Boise or was it all in California? Yeah, all in Bakersfield. My parents actually did think about moving to Boise for a little bit, but teacher salaries back there aren't the best. So they decided to stay. <laughs> okay. Has he ever taken you to Boise? Have you ever seen the Smurf turf of, of Boise? Yes, I have. Um, when we, I was in the whole recruiting COVID process, we went out there and saw Boise and he was all excited to show me everything. He was pointing out everything here and there saying, oh, this was, this was that and uh, this is totally changed. And we got to see it all. So it was exciting. Yes, I, I, I've been to Boise, nice town. The turf is interesting. It's, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Eastern Washington has red turf in Cheney, Washington. It's really makes for bad television, but I think everybody's kind of yeah. gotten used to Boise State's blue turf. So you mentioned growing up, um, exposed to a lot of, well, being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did you participate in um, growing up besides um, running around in your front yard over pipe? <laughs> Grew up pretty much playing soccer my whole life. And then about after one too many concussions, I called it quits going into my freshman year of high school. And I also played volleyball my whole life too, always doing the whole club volleyball thing. So that was fun. I played that all throughout high school. I was kind of sad to see my senior year go, but decided to come here and start early. Wow. So volleyball, you're, you listed as 5'6". Were you a, a star at volleyball at 5'6"? Uh, at five, six, I was an outside hitter. Okay. Um, I would like to say I can jump, but who knows if that's still a thing now I haven't played in about a year. So don't, don't quote me on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so with your parents kind of naturally gravitated towards track, I suppose, you know, just, you were always involved in junior high and things like that. Is that, was it always hurdles or, you know, it seems like there's lots of other our Lions Club here in Bozeman, we have a seventh and eighth grade track meet that we run every year and invite like 30 different junior highs to come in. And it seems like everyone that runs sprints also runs hurdles. And then they run over to the long jump or they run over to the high jump and they try yeah. and get everybody to do as many events as, as they can. Were you a multi-sport even in track and field? Yes. Um, so when I was younger, well, pretty much all the way through even high school, I'd always done the hurdles, the long jump, the triple jump, um, convinced my dad actually to let me jump high jump in one of our meets one time. So that was fun. I actually thought that I was going to be a tackle in college is kind of my goal coming in. And then once I got here, it was just kind of like, okay, we're just going to need you to do hurdles. And I was like, okay, I guess less of it's for me to do. Not going to argue with that. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, we'll talk about the, all the things you've done, which, you know, all the different events you've already been in, involved in. But I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a recruit. Most of the people listening are familiar with Rivals 24-7 Sports, and you go on there. There's Huddle.com. There's Max Preps. You know, if you're talking about a particular athlete, and as we speak, so you just got a recruit from a wide receiver recruit from the class of 2023, and everybody's going to know, you know, how fast they run the 40. They're going to have video highlights. They're going to know what offers they had from other schools. They might be the 17th ranked receiver in the state and the 250th ranked player in the nation. And 
is I, is there a track and field website out there clearing house for recruiting that I just am not aware of? Um, I would like to think that athletic.net would probably be your go-to. If you want to see what an athlete's doing, you go on to athletic.net and almost every high school in the country is kind of has their marks on there to coaches keep up with it. Um, but yeah, it's very different track and field. I like to say that it's the only sport really where politics doesn't play a, play a role. You know, if you have the time, you got the time. It doesn't really matter if, who's better at what and all this stuff. It's just, you're getting the fastest athletes is the coaches coach's job so okay so how were you must have uh, had some good times to post for other people to look at what was your what was your record or how did you how well did you do in high school um so in high school I was actually kind of fortunate that I had a really good sophomore year because with COVID your junior year which is your biggest recruiting year you know it was all wiped out so I was really lucky that my sophomore year I got third in our state meet in the 300 hurdles and I got sixth in the 100 hurdles and our four by four was a great team that year too. So we were in the state finals as well. Okay. So what, what, who was on your radar in terms of potential? I know you, you know, Boise state, your dad had a connection there, you know, family history there and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. What sort of schools were you hearing from, even though you weren't actually able to participate during the, the COVID year? Yeah. Um, I would say that kind of like when it came down to it, my top schools were definitely Boise State was in there. Um, Colorado, even though they came in the last two weeks, they snuck in there. Nevada was another one. And then Washington was kind of my, those are kind of like my top four, top five type thing. Okay. Well, I read an article in your hometown paper about you committing to Colorado and getting a call from, I guess it's Burke Bachman. One of the assistant coaches. So tell us what it was like to hear from the University of Colorado at the last minute and how it is that you came to be on their radar and what did he have to say that convinced you that CU might be an option for you? Yeah, so actually um, he came in really late, like I said. Like I had actually gotten a call from one of the coaches that were kind of my top top mix and gave me a great offer and I was ready to, you know, two days later call him back and be like, okay, coach, I'm in, I'm committed. Burke actually called me the next night, the night before I was going to call the other coach back, called me the next night. And we had a great conversation on the phone. He was like, telling me all about CU and all the special benefits as athletes that we have here, which are amazing compared to other friends that I have. And we were just talking and I was like, okay, this is the place I need to be. Like, this is such a great offer. I can't pass this up. So that's kind of how Burke snuck his way in there at the very last second. Wow. And I take it you've never had the chance to go to Boulder, never been to Boulder? Nope. Uh, never been to Boulder. Uh, never seen the campus. I just done. He sent me a video, actually, of the athletic facilities. And I think that also really helps in selling it. But um, I'd actually been to Denver um, a few years before we had a soccer tournament here. And so that's why I'd only known Colorado from. But yeah. Okay. So you committed to Colorado sight unseen, which would be hard enough as it is. (laughs) Now, for most athletes, football, basketball included, you know, you're going to go through your senior campaign, your senior season, go through all the stuff that you have as a senior year. You've got graduation. You've got, I don't know, senior ditch day at Liberty or something like that, whatever there might be. But uh, then you, you know, if you're really into it, you might enroll in summer 
get a couple of credits, get uh, acquainted with the campus. Then you enroll for the fall. You have a, a red shirt season where you get a chance to meet with the coaches, meet with your teammates, get into the routine, go to classes, weight training, you know, the whole bit. And maybe by the start of your red shirt freshman year, your sophomore year as a student, you might actually get onto the court or field or, you know, the track in your case. So it might be, you know, some 18 months or so between the time you commit to a school and the time you actually put on the jersey and compete for the university. That wasn't your case. So tell everybody how it is that uh, you didn't end up finishing your high school year, redshirting and sitting here as a redshirt freshman instead of being a sophomore. Yeah, so um, basically... After I committed, I had about two months until I was going to leave to come here. And at that point, we still had not been on campus at all since the first day of COVID started and school stopped. So I never actually stepped foot on my high school campus my senior year. Um, That's kind of how I dictated that it was the right decision to leave early as they actually didn't really have a track season last year. Everything was kind of like made up and just trying to get kids meets out there. And COVID was just... As you know, it's pretty bad in California. It was different, though, walking on campus. And my first meet was about two weeks after I got here. And, you know, I hadn't really known the team very long, still getting to know everybody, getting to know my coach, especially. I'd met him for the first time when I got here in January. So that was pretty crazy. Um, You know, thankfully, I did just kind of have a year where I could, you know, get to know everyone and just get to know the track and college athletics, which was a big shock coming in. I just, I felt like it was going to be like high school, you know, there's always going to be a great separate separation and it was night and day, big wake up call. <laughs> so instead of waiting 18 months, you weren't, you weren't even on campus 18 days before you uh, were at your first event. Is that yep. I'm getting that? Yep. So you said in the article that you felt you were being embraced, that you were the little sister and, you know, that they were going to take you under their wing and, is that what how it happened? You felt uh, pretty comfortable with your teammates right from the get-go? Yeah, yeah. So we actually had um, three girls that were actually really welcoming, really nice. Um, it made, you know, travel trips and everything else just that much easier because they were really, like, willing to help me out with everything. Wow. So on your CU Buffs bio, which has a different major and a different last name for you at different places, but – We'll take it that some of it's actually accurate. It has you with times in the 200, 400, 60-meter hurdles, 100-meter hurdles, 400-meter hurdles, and apparently because you were not active enough, the long jump. <laughs> so, But you mentioned that you've actually narrowed that down now, that you're, you're specializing at this point? Yeah. So uh, this outdoor season, I should just be doing the 100-meter hurdles and 400-meter hurdles. I would love to get to jump some long jump in there somewhere, but we'll see. <laughs> so you're in the middle of the indoor season. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when so, does this, when does that start? When does that finish? Cause the pack 12 championships are right around the corner. Yeah. So it started, I had my first meet actually right after we got back from Thanksgiving break, just because I'm a hurdler. He wanted to get us a little bit more reps before we kind of got the season rolling. So for most people, it starts about mid-January, right when we get back from Christmas break. 
And then, yeah, they do have Pac-12 championships coming up next weekend. Um, they're leaving on Thursday. And so that's going to be really exciting. And then I know we already have a girl on our team from the Multis, and she's going to Nationals already. She's had a great season. So it's going to be exciting. Very good. Now, the, the meets that are listed, you know, it's like one at Air Force and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Are you interacting with Pac-12 teams at those meets? Or how does the Pac-12 work in terms of qualifying if you're not actually at the same meets? Or is it just like you say, it's just your time is your time? And it doesn't matter where you run it. Yeah. So Air Force meets um, are going to typically just be like your local Colorado teams, maybe Wyoming, stuff like that. Um, New Mexico that we were just at this past weekend, those actually were, you know, we saw UCLA, we saw Oregon State, we saw, you know, a lot of those Pac-12 teams that we're going to compete against this coming weekend. It just kind of works based on like your coaches, like our head coach Whitmore and like our assistant coach, obviously my coach Burke. Um, they just kind of decide, you know, who's who's ready to go, who's looking good. Um, I don't know how much other qualifications are. I don't know if they go by time, stuff like that, but they obviously know who they need to pick. So okay. So the coaches get to decide how how much of how much of the team gets to go or how yeah. Okay. Yep. So as soon as the indoor season stops, the outdoor season starts. Is that yeah? Right? So <laughs> there's about so from nationals. You have, I think there's a week break, week or two break, and then outdoor season is just starting again. So really not much time in between, you know, the two. Okay. So just to educate, you know, people like me, is there a whole lot of difference between the indoor season and the outdoor season other than just wind speeds and temperature and type of track? Or what's, uh, why is there two different seasons? Yeah, um, actually a big difference. It can actually play a big role in people who specialize differently. Um, as you know, indoor has the 60 meter hurdles instead of outdoor, which has the hundred meter hurdles. Um, there's no 400 meter hurdles in indoor, which kind of sucks for us 400 meter hurdlers because you're either put in the 60 meter hurdles with 400. So no really good in between. Of course, like, you know, you have your bank tracks indoors, which are kind of like positioned up top. So it's weird. You're running downhill and uphill and indoor it's getting confusing. Um, outdoor is much easier, you know, everyone knows typical track and stuff like that. So, so how does the places that you've been to out of CU's facilities compare, um, in terms of the indoor and I guess the outdoor? Yeah. Um, our indoor facility is, you know, it's amazing. It's just, I think we got it in 2016. So it's, it's pretty new. It's very updated. Um, I love it, honestly. Like if I was going here and we didn't have an indoor track, I don't know how well I would survive, but you know, we're blessed in that sense. Um, the outdoor track, outdoor track, I think needs some work. I don't think we're up to par with the other Pac-12 facilities, but I think they're trying to make some improvements there. Okay. So how are you doing in, you know, in your second year? How, what, uh, what sort of times have you put in and is it, uh, you making progress? Yeah. So last year, you know, coming in right off the bat, two weeks later, getting to the season, it was it was a little hard to adjust and adjust to training, everything else like that. But um, this year has been a lot better. We got an uh, assistant coach to kind of help us with our sprint hurdlers. He's great. I really like him. Um, so we've actually reduced my time a lot this year, and I'm excited for going into outdoors because 60-meter hurdles is, as you know, it's, well, explaining, it's five hurdles and you got 60 meters, and outdoor you got 10 hurdles in that 100 meters. 
So for me, I need some time to build up my start and kind of get going in my race. So what we've done in that 60 meter hurdles is going to translate so much better when I have 10 hurdles in front of me. So I'm excited for outdoor. Does the, I know, you know, when we were doing that track meet between the seventh and eighth, you have to, after the seventh grade hurdlers went through, you had to go through and raise the, the bar, yeah. raise the hurdle for the eighth grade. Is there a difference between high school and college, or is that the same height that you were running at in high school? Yeah. So for girls, it's the same height. Um, so for hundred hurdles, we'll do two clicks up, which is 33 inches. And then in the 400 meter hurdles, it's just all the way down, which is the same that you would have done in high school. Boys is the only difference. Boys is when, you know, maturity spikes and so does the height of the hurdle. So luckily for girls, we're good. Okay. So what did you find at the University of Colorado since you've never actually been there other than the video tour, which apparently is very successful in the <laughs> recruiting process? What did you find coming to Boulder in January, um, you know, and rather than coming in in, you know, June or in August or something like that to does it meet all your expectations or are you uh, kind of cold? Um, I was definitely very cold, especially being a Californian. You know, I was used to that heat in the, in the winter, even, you know, hitting those 70 degree days. Don't get very many 70 degree days here in the winter. So that was a culture shock. But um, when I got here, you know, I kind of saw all of the things that talking to other coaches during the recruiting process, I wasn't really seeing or being told about. Here, we actually, every single athlete gets a card that they can use for like groceries or going around town. I could go to Qdoba and go get a burrito and it'll be paid for on my card. So that's super cool. And we also have, um, as I'm sure you know, we have the Champion Center, which is kind of like our athlete cafeteria. And not a lot of other schools have that. I have a lot of friends that are in college athletics and, you know, I talk to them and they just are kind of they're just astonished by the lack of like these other universities having these special things for their athletes. And, you know, being here at Colorado, I'm just like, wow, like it's so much better than I even knew coming in. So it's just great benefits that they give us. Yeah. I just, uh, actually the last podcast I did was with a transfer offensive lineman from Alabama. And he was talking about how the football team had its own cafeteria, had its own floor and all the other athletes were, relegated to a, another floor and how much he liked being in Boulder and being interacting with other athletes and, you know, being able to to visit with and not just be an isolated part of the university. So yeah. you get to meet a lot of other athletes and then and enjoy their company, I suppose, and get to trade war stories about training. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely get to interact a lot. I actually have a couple of football clips football players in my classes and you know we went straight from our class and we had assignments to do we're sitting in champion center eating our lunch together and we're doing our assignments so it's fun getting to know other people and kind of just like interacting with them and becoming friends so yeah good so what's uh what is a i know if there's no such thing as a typical day in the life for anybody but uh now that you're you're finishing up the indoor season and you're prepping now or getting you know thinking about the outdoor season you're in the middle of uh, the semester for classes. What's a, what's a typical day? What's a typical Thursday or a typical Friday like for you? Yeah, so um, a typical day for me is pretty much I go to class starting about some classes start at 8. Some days I'm at a 9.30 start. So I go to class until about 12.30 and then I'll make my way over to the facilities. I'll go pick up lunch and champs. And I'll usually after I eat lunch, I'll move over to Dow, our academic center. 
And I'll usually do my homework in there for about an hour, two hours, whatever time I have before practice. And then I'll head down to practice, you know, get the workout in, lift after if we have one. And then usually sometimes I have a night class. So usually I'll go to class right after practice. And then I'll go grab some food and kind of just relax for the night, whatever time I have left. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't sound like there's a, a whole lot there. And you're also working at the Alumni C Club? Yeah. So my Thursdays and Fridays, I kind of kind of made my schedule light on those days. So I'll usually work with Kimberly, who's the head of the Alumni C Club. And um, I run all the social media and do all that good stuff for her. So it's it's fun. I do it on my my days that I'm off and get to meet the people in our athletic department. So it's cool to kind of get more of a community feel. Okay. Well, so full disclosure, the, uh, the Kimberly that you're talking about is a, a Kimberly or that, uh, was my resident advisor many, many, many years ago, but you're liking it. Uh, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? What's your, what's your goal? What's your major? What do you, what are your plans for the future? Yeah. So my major is business marketing. And I think with this job that I've been able to have in the athletic department, I kind of want to stay on that college athletics path. And this summer, I actually have an internship with um, the University of Nevada's athletics. So I'm excited for that. Um, Hopefully I can, you know, work at a university, whether it's here, whether it's somewhere closer to home, who knows, but I'm just really, I like the, the feel of college athletics and how much people actually care. So I'm hoping that I can stay in this for a while. So any chance that you're going to enter the transfer portal and end up back at Reno and, you know, one of your original uh, suitors for for track and field, or are you going to be a a buff for life? No, I think I'm going to stay here in Colorado, but, (laughs) but for the summer, I can go live in Tahoe and, you know, be away from some of the snow. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you very much for your, your time. I hope people have gotten to know you a little bit and we'll be, cheering for you in the indoor and now the upcoming outdoor season and uh, wish you well here at the University of Colorado. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the See You at the Game NIL campaign. So thanks to all of you who have been supporting your CU student-athletes. I'm enjoying these interviews, and I look forward to meeting and interviewing more student-athletes in the coming days. Now, I hope that you're subscribing to the podcast so that you won't miss any of the upcoming interviews. There's going to be three interviews posted in the span of less than 10 days. Our podcasts are available at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So, If you subscribe, you won't miss a single episode or a single interview. So, until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to see you at the game at gmail.com. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.